Hey guys, uh, welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. On this episode, we talk about whatever the hell we just witnessed in San Francisco. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. And with that, let's go Pack. Third down and five, Rogers same side. Did you guys prep? I didn't prep. I, I pulled a full Packers for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I put in the same effort they did. Uh, yeah, right with you, boys. What was that? How much did you guys drink? Uh, Sadly, I wasn't drinking. Yeah, uh, I wasn't drinking what I normally should be drinking, for sure. I poured, I poured a stiff one at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the drink of choice for the night, I, Dan? I also threw it was a margarita, and then I just made it like 50-50 on the second pour. And then I also started with a Jair Alexander white away jersey, and I just threw mm-hmm. a Rodgers one over it at halftime. I'm like, Rodgers needs me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did score that one touchdown, so that worked. Yeah, no, that, you know, in the lifespan of his career, that one touchdown makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. So final score, this is going to be such a depressing podcast, so just bear with us. We're we just jump right into it. We're just going to get angry. 37 to 8. Uh, it wasn't remotely close. Uh, somehow the only thing we led that entire game uh, was time of possession. Other than that, it was is horrible. So let's jump right into this offense that was one for 15 on third downs and had more yards. And who got the one? Per- who got the one? Tim Boyle. Yes. <laughs> Tim. Yes. So. Uh, I mean, good God. Yards loss on sacks plus penalties is more than we threw for the entire game. It was an absolute embarrassment. What do you want to talk about on this Packers offense? It was a lifeless, pathetic effort from the Green Bay Packers, and they're not even hiding from it. I thought about saying we should record immediately after the game, but the only thing I wanted to see was what Rodgers and LaFleur came out with in their press conference saying – and they're talking about the culture they believe in. LaFleur is pointing the finger at himself, which I like as a leader. That's what he should be doing. And he had a lot to point the finger at, and it, it and he, he should be looking at himself. But the effort level here was just embarrassing. I, I could list maybe four guys that played hard that you could go back and watch and say they actually played a normal game. It was Aaron Jones, Elton Jenkins. I'll give Devontae some credit and then Zadarius Smith. Did anyone else jump out like they were actually trying to win this game? No, no, not at, not at all. <sighs> and that's what I was texting you guys during the game. It, it wasn't the fact that we were just getting beat. Like, you know, if we were getting beat and playing hard, that's one thing, right? But it looked like San Francisco was hungry and they wanted this game. And it looked like we were scared the whole entire time. It looked like we didn't have an answer and we did we weren't prepared at all. In in games like this where you fumble on your first drive and it magically flies backwards and your lineman doesn't jump on it, he just stares at it, they pick it up, run it down to the two, and they get a touchdown when Tevin Coleman probably wasn't even across the goal line. And we don't even review that because it wasn't going to get overturned. So you have a bad start. I would say in college football, that's going to ruin your game and you might lose 37-8 to because you just have weak – 
not personalities, but you just you just have weak confidence among the team. They're young. They haven't gone through something like that before. This is the NFL. you got to get over a bad start like that. The Devontae Adams, then the chest bump, you know, <laughs> he nearly killed a guy, I guess, by bumping chest on the sideline. That was our only third down conversion, if I'm remembering that correctly. But once that happens, now we're punting the ball back, and this game just slowly creeps out of hand. You know, it was 10 nothing in the middle of the second. You're like, we're still in this, we're still in this, we're still in this. But you actually, you never felt like you were in it after that start, and they played like that. They played like they knew they were out of it after one fumble. And honestly, I'm not too upset with the defense. Uh, they kept us in this game when yes. our offense looked ugly. Amen. Amen. I mean, we were only down 13 to nothing when we had the ball, and we gave it back to them with 156 left to go in the first. 13 to nothing. We allowed them to score 10 points in one minute and 56 seconds. Um, and it was all because of special teams. We punted the ball. I think J.K. Scott, yeah, 32-yard punt set them up in great field position to get the touchdown. And then we had another punt of, oh, how, how long? Oh, okay, that was 48. But we gave up 10 points at the end of the first half when really it looked like it was within reach. And at the time, it should have been 13-3. to three. I mean, so we still had a chance going into the first half, but we gave it up. You want to talk about this fourth and one play in the middle of the second, wasn't it? I texted mm. you guys right away. At, I'm now making this a thing where I have to call my shots whether I like the call or not before it actually happens. So you can't do a hindsight thing. Mm -hmm. So I said I don't like it. I don't like going for it. I know what LaFleur was doing. You know, I'm going to get my guys behind me. It's going to be a rallying call. We're going to pick it up. But then a timeout gets called. So you got time to think about it. I'm like, well, now I really don't like it. Now they've got, you know, no, just don't do it. And then, yeah. and then you have a minute and a half or however long the timeout was to get creative, to let a Hall of Fame quarterback pick up one yard for you. And your concept is I'm going to run behind Alex Light, the backup, undrafted rookie, second year guy now out of University of Richmond that just came into the game cold against the best defensive line probably in the NFL. Your idea is I'm just going to run right behind him. That's the most creative thing you could come up with. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you're you're right on point. I was I, first of all, I'm angry when you're playing a team like this, when you're playing a top notch team, you take the points when they're given, you know, especially at that point when literally everything was going against us. And we finally got been, the ball been 10 to three. Yeah, 10 to three down one score and we gain a little momentum. But no, instead, you give all the momentum right back to the 49ers. Yes, if he got it, okay, great call. Honestly, I'm still saying not great call. But if he gets it, you know, maybe they score a touchdown, maybe it's different. Um, but in that circumstance, you have to take the points. And and honestly, I'm so glad I saw today LeFleur's comments from yesterday. I, I didn't see him right after the game. Um, but I'm so glad that he's taking full ownership of this because he looked lost on the sidelines. He looked like he wanted to cry in the third quarter. <laughs> he honestly looked wow. like that he might, didn't that know might be a, That might be a bit too much. <laughs> this would have been totally out of the box, but there's a couple of things I want to cover that I can get back to a little bit of a, a sane uh, mindset here for the podcast sake. But a couple of things that I wanted to cover. One is it, it would have been a little bit out of the box, but in hindsight, why do, wouldn't LaFleur say, for this game, I'm going to give up play calling to the next guy? Maybe it's Nathaniel Hackett, the quarterback coach. I don't know who it would be. But give up the play calling because your mentor is the other team's head coach. 
your best friend is the other team's defensive coordinator and your brother is their passing game coordinator. Maybe they know your mindset. Maybe they know what you're going to come in and try to establish and try to do on them and try to call on fourth and one. It was like he was out thinking himself, like he just went away from the basics. We never tried anything over the middle. We didn't get Aaron Jones the ball in the passing game. I said Fred Warner was going to be a lot to deal with, but the fact we didn't even try to do it. Our second through fifth receivers went for five catches for 23 yards. It, it was he was overthinking himself and it why wouldn't it it would be completely out of the box and it would have gotten scrutinized by ESPN all day but if you gave play calling to someone else to say they know me I, I'm gonna mix it up I'm gonna give them something they don't know uh I mean that's a stretch I don't think you can do that that you, you know you've been having a great you know run with your offense you so would look you, really you can't scared. throw it off yeah but <laughs> but I I do agree like they you can clearly see daddy knew what was he, he was doing and uh you know, the son didn't. Ew, that doesn't um, sound right. <laughs> <laughs> but but you could tell you could tell they knew his every move. They knew what he was doing at all times. I mean, it was very impressive what the San Francisco's 49ers defense was able to do. They shut us down, not only on the line, but in the secondary. I mean, there just weren't people open like Aaron Rodgers was trying to find and trying to wiggle around to make some time, but either he held on to it too long uh, sometimes or mm-hmm. people just weren't open. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just weren't open. I said we were going to complain that we thought Rodgers held on to the ball for too long. It's it's a good defense, and they're not open because they only got to rush four to create that pressure. So mm-hmm. it's a problem. But in this case, then I would have preferred, although you were down 10 nothing quick, Use that running game. We were picking up 4.2 yards per carry. That's a first down every three runs. Just keep running the ball. I mean, we had 24 carries between Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones, which is about on par for these guys. But in this game plan, before it got out of control, I would say, why don't we go for 35 to 40 runs between those two guys? Yeah, and Ryan, you you brought up a great point. That, That drive where we actually scored the touchdown in the third, they didn't even bother doing the hurry up offense. I mean... I, I don't get oh my god when, when you're down 23 to nothing um, and you your defense just made a great stop you're getting the ball for the first time in the second half it came out why like it was a not? scrimmage yeah and it's and that's not? the thing is it's not even so much you're behind by so much right it's just like a basketball team you don't expect them to walk it up the court down 20 it's also the fact of you are giving this San Francisco D-line as much time as they want to rest. So you're saying, hey, Bosa and boys, guess what? We're going to give you 25 seconds to get a breather so you can bring the heat again. They did the same thing against the Chargers that it wasn't until that fourth quarter that they picked it up. And I don't understand how you can be down and not go, huh, not only does it help us get in rhythm, not only does it help us because we only have a certain amount of time left, but it helps us and the amount of pressure we should be receiving is absolutely insane to me. And I, I, I brought this up in a text message. And I was going to bring it up here. I worry about our adjustments. When I look back at this season, I there's not really a game that I can pinpoint where I go, you know what? We came out in that second half and completely changed how we played for the better. And I know that not everybody in the world is going to be a Bill Belichick, but I, I just think about it of like we came back out against the Bears and put, put up plus three. But then we have even games that we did well. Uh, we were already kind of in cruise control against the Raiders and other things like that. But if you look at these 11 games 
out of the half, they won the second half six times and they lost five times. But it's all close. There's never a point where I go, wow, that turnaround was awesome. It's always, yep, we started really well or um, we just had to come back in the second half, see Detroit Lions. But other than that, it's I just worry about this team goes into half and if they're down, it's like, all right, we'll just keep doing the exact same damn thing we did the entire first half. Yeah, you tasked us with trying to find a game where they made a halftime adjustment that we can be happy about, and I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, neither, neither, neither do I. And I think, honestly, even though we shouldn't be saying this because he's a head coach in the NFL, I think that comes with time. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's still struggling just with the regular play calling. Uh, you know, he's still really new at it. This is only his second year. Yeah, second year play right. calling in the NFL. I mean, he's you know still very new. You know what would help him? Is if our guys caught the football. Get Timo uh, off the field. Timo needs to go. Cut him. We talked about having a segment during training camp that was just called Cut Him. And we just said the player's name, and then all three of us yelled out together, Cut Him. Jimo, uh, <laughs> just cut him. Get rid- I, I don't need him anymore. I, give me Lazard. Show me more Darius Shepard. I don't care. We've seen the best of Jimo, and it's not enough. And you know what? Another guy we can cut, Sean Meninga. I had to Google our special teams coach's name. Um, no use for whatever he's putting out on the field. We literally couldn't even punt the ball last night, and we were hyping up our punter through the first five weeks. We can't return a punt. We have negative 13 yards in punt return, negative 11, negative 13. So we're going to set a record on our inability to return a punt when all you have to do is fair catch or catch it and fall forward, and we'd be 13 yards better than we already are. Cut those two guys. It's going to be a better team. Can I throw this out there? MVS in the last four games – Eight targets, two catches for eleven what, yards. What's happened there? It, the you can throw, you can you can crap all over Geronimo, and it kills me. I also think Geronimo is to the point where as soon as he has he he only missed one of his targets yesterday, and immediately everybody's like, "Cut him, cut him, we're over, we're over." We're over. I know there's other things involved in that. You know his targets are at the line of scrimmage, though. They're yeah. just little bubble routes. But the fact that we have a quote-unquote number two receiver, which nobody can call MVS the number two receiver right now. I, I don't care who you are. You, <laughs> There's you a moratorium on You can't have MVS a 25% catch rate for an average of five and a half yards. Like yeah. that's, You can't have that. And I know if that ball would have dropped in a yard sooner, that would have been a touchdown last night. But he – whether he's battling injuries or whatever, it has been non-existent for nearly the entire season, minus those outstanding two games. I think we're also witnessing one of these Rodgers is freezing a wide receiver out. If you caught the look he gave MVS on the first pass oh, attempt he oh, gave him, oh, yes. and it, it looked like Rodgers just weirdly <laughs> overthrew a sideline route, and Rodgers gave that look of like, this fucking guy doesn't know what he's doing. And it, it's... It, just has that vibe of Rodgers, you know, stuff that's happening in practice being like, I can't trust him. So unless he's running free deep and I actually know he's open, I don't know what he's actually going to be running from a route perspective. And I think you put it best. I, I don't think Rodgers trusts our wide receivers right now. You could clearly see in this game yeah. there there were times where he should have gotten it out of his hands uh, yeah. with, quick, with quick crossing routes. And he didn't. Um, because he doesn't trust these guys. He doesn't trust them to catch it. He doesn't trust them to not drop it and make a move afterwards. I mean, it it's it's just not good right now. Hey, here's a question for you guys. Maybe you know it or maybe you don't. How many receptions does Aaron Jones have in the last three games? Three. 
One. One for negative one yard. That's awful. Ever since the came back. <laughs> and that's coming out of the Kansas City game where he had seven receptions for 159 yards and then goes for one catch for negative one. Ever since Devontae came back, that's play yep. calling. Yep, that's there's, play there's, calling. And there's no Rodgers. Rodgers is looking at Devontae. You could you could see it when things were going wrong in San Francisco. He he was looking his way consistently, and he would he couldn't get open. I mean, because well, they're the, doubling him. Well, then the coach needs to say, "Hey, number thirty-three, like on the sideline to Aaron Rodgers, like, hey, thirty-three." Mm-hmm. I we've gone way too far on this episode to mention we are beyond ecstatic that we are eight and three. We easily could have a record that, like, if we take care of business during the stretch, which that's my bad. I didn't knock on wood hard enough coming out of this last preview episode. <laughs> but Giants, Redskins, Bears, we still got to face the Lions again. The Vikings game scares the bejesus out of me. But every other team that is in the NFC faces a much, much, much harder schedule that if we can just regain control, this is a a – 12 and 14, which everybody on this podcast would have immediately signed over everything oh, yeah. that they own to be like, yep, 12 oh, and 4, yeah. done. And so we're not, this is not a team fire LaFleur. This is not a, oh, this goodness. is the worst season ever. Not we're even party, fire Petten. No. We're, we're two wins over what we had done all last year. So we're good. We're fine. It's just such a disappointment especially this this Chargers game and 49ers game of we looked so ill-prepared. And when you can study a team and keep in mind that the two weeks that the Packers had, if they only spent the last two weeks focusing on what the 49ers have done the last two weeks, it was a loss against Seattle and then a, an escape against the Cardinals. They Twice. have a blueprint. Twice. They had a blueprint and two weeks to do whatever the hell they wanted to prepare, and they came out so sad-looking. So – we are team Packers. We love this team. We're grateful for where they are. It's just it was falling off a ledge of excitement of, guys, we just beat the Carolina Panthers. Let's take care of business and get that number one seed. And it was just the most flat, uninspiring take ever. So we just want to clear the air that we're not these homers <laughs> that go on Twitter and act as if their life is ruined. I think it's more so we love this team so much and we know that they are better than this. We know that they are a better team than this. With that said, I'm not done. So coming out of the bye week. (laughs) Seriously, though. So coming out of the bye week, because now LaFleur had his press conference today. This is Monday. And they asked about Alex Light starting at right tackle because Bulaga looks like he might be out um, short term, relatively speaking, but probably missed this week. And he said, well, we probably have a different way of getting our best five guys on the field. So let me explain it first. It sounds like Billy Turner might slide over to right tackle, and then they'd bring in Lucas Patrick to play right guard, and Alex Light slides back out of the rotation, which I'm all for. you got to get the best five guys on the field. I don't think Alex Light is ready to be a starter in the NFL by any means. Uh, but this is coming off a bye week. This is week 12 coming out of a bye week, and you don't have the capability in-game to say, this is our best five, we're going to play them. You're 12 weeks into the season, and you got to make the change now after the fact. What is that? To your point, Ryan, we're going to be a better team next year. Yeah, that's the thing is I I really do think coming into this, I go, we have a really, really good team. We made some awesome uh, additions, which by all means, we're about to head to defense. And between Amos and Smith, I couldn't be happier that I really did think even before this all happened that this was a great uh, runway 
that 2020 was going to be the year of if it comes together, it's going to be this year. So we're ahead of schedule, all things considered. But defensively, Zadarius, I love you. He was an absolute beast. Uh, He's like – he was he was about two steps away, about four or five times from getting just a, a handful of sacks. Like he was legitimately bringing it. You could tell he was giving us all. Uh, Kevin King uh, ran the wrong way a few times. Uh, we have Blake Martinez, which I I'm sorry, Blake, but make a play. Uh, uh, hey, he I'm got a sack. Blake. He did get a sack. <laughs> he did get a sack. I'm done with Blake. I don't even I don't even know what to say about the defense. I, I think our secondary is great. The pass rush was fine. The defense played so well. The offense had 80 snaps, and the defense held San Francisco to 48 snaps. And that right there says, you know, they exposed that Jimmy G's a fraud. If you put any sort of pressure on him, he's a garbage quarterback. But at the end of the day, we leave George Kittle wide open. We let Debo Samuel go for a 42-yard crossing route just untouched. We let these stupid plays happen. And it, do you guys really think that was Kevin King that let George Kittle scot free, or was that someone else blowing their their pickup of him crossing across the middle? I, I think someone was supposed to bail him out. Oh no, I think it was King. Mm. He he was looking at the line. He saw the running back run and thought it was a run and failed. I think to turn and the fact that he was I think Jair was supposed steering. to drop back. No, but the thing is, he was jogging back, steering the wrong way. He went twenty yards the opposite way. Like no, I would I would put King on that. I'm gonna watch the film and I. I think I just saw something from Ben Fennel already like an hour ago, but I I'll come back to you for the preview podcast and clarify this. I think it was Jair not dropping off of a guy in like the front. Dude, uh, you like had insider information scrimmage. and you led the, you yeah. son of a, you yeah, try to sound cheating. smart guy. Yeah, trying to sound smart. I can't, I don't get my paycheck <laughs> if I don't sound smart. I um, think we yeah. have to, I think we have to come to the understanding that this is a defense that's going to give up low 20s every single game they're not going to be a stomp out defense and you look at this 37 all right they were put on the two yard line so let's drop that down to 30 a complete falling apart towards the end so even if it goes another three they're they're going to give up 20 some points a game so i'll ask you this what is the defense's current nfl ranking what are we ranking them on points per game? Uh, it's out of 32 teams, total defense. Oh, total defense? I'd put it ranked 20, 23rd, 24th. Hold on. It's total Don't, defense. Are you looking it up and cheating again, Dan? Is this? No, I'm staring at the box <laughs> score currently. Is total defense based on yardage or points or some Yeah, I think it's a mix, formula. It's kind of a mix of all of it, yeah. All right, I'll give us like 16th. 28th. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just threw up tequila. Because we're giving up yards and then, as of recently, giving up points. Yeah. Well, you know what could help is if we had a middle of the defense. I don't think Kenny mm-hmm. Clark's jersey got dirty last night. Gosh. Between him and Blake, I mean, we're so excited about which one do we sign to their big contract. Between him and Blake, I'm like, if you find a way to replace him, I don't need either one. And by replace, I mean just give me a serviceable guy. Why both, aren't they? Both these guys are underperforming drastically. Yeah. Why aren't they trying BJ Goodson solo in the middle sometimes? Like it's always Blake Martinez by himself there, unless they're doing two. I, I would love to see just BJ Goodson there. Let's see what he can do. Because Blake Martinez in zone coverage was god awful last night. He wasn't moving with the players at all. He would just drop back and wait. And, you know, he'd never felt 
the the play developing behind him with the tight end coming behind him or a wide receiver, and he never flowed with the the yeah. route. Um, and it, it was just awful. And Garoppolo picked him apart over the middle consistently all game. Yeah, George Kittle is good, first of all. But second of all, Blake Martinez in pass coverage is like, my assignment is run to the hash, run to the hash, yeah. run to the hash, yeah. sit on the hash, sit on the hash. Now I go to the numbers, go to the numbers, go to the numbers. It's like, wait, there's three people in front of you. Go get them. <laughs> like, just play football <laughs> at the end of the day. I saw Sean O'Hara, and I don't know what network he's on, but the old Giants offensive lineman is now an analyst. So I want to say it's CBS, but he was saying a guy that's super underrated in the NFL and we should be talking about more is Blake Martinez. And he's been available and he's steady and he's got a hundred and something tackles. And, you know, we don't talk about him enough. I'm like, wow, someone read the NFL stat box score, but has never actually watched film of Blake Martinez play. That what what I get so sick of seeing is Blake Martinez fill the alley to make a tackle on a run play and then getting ran over and he pulls the guy down so he gets the tackle but it's three yards later it, it like it's like a backward somersault motion that he does is his tackling form it's like man don't you do squats can you not run through a guy and and make a play pop a yeah. ball out yeah like Fred Warner stuffing every run that we had he was uh, fun to the watch wasn't he? yeah golly he's fun to watch I mean. And I mean, that that guy was not a number one draft pick. Go get me a guy like that. That's just fast and willing to hit. And we can let Blake hit the free agency. But to Ryan's point, 12 and four. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope so. If you told me 12 and four with a wild card win or 12 and four with a divisional round win, and then we lose in the divisional round after one playoff win. Coming into the year, I would have told you that's pretty good. For LaFleur's first year, for all the question marks we had, I think we all would have been happy, right? I, we'd have to go back and listen to our projections podcast, but I don't think any of us had them as a Super Bowl winner, and they're showing they're not a Super Bowl contender for sure. But if we can get 12-4 and four and a playoff win, I think we got a lot to build on for 2020. And that, unfortunately, yeah. that's what we're talking about today. Is yeah, <laughs> I, I think the, the, the first round buy is done. We are not going to get a top two spot. So really, it comes down to can we beat out the Vikings to take the third seed, which would be absolutely crucial. Um, although you can could we? make the you could make the argument that you maybe want that fifth seed, so then you end up playing the Cowboys uh, mm-hmm. instead of playing a hot team like Seattle that might end up being the sixth seed. But uh, Vikings play Seattle, have the same pretty much schedule as us with Lions, but then go to Chargers, which we'll see about that before finishing off at Packers and bears but Bavada, the house isn't on fire we'll be yeah. all right the house is not on fire hey i'm 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 not convinced that we'll go 12 and 4 though i'm a little worried Ooh. about where which, we'll which end up in the playoffs all um, right let's let's, let's walk, into? yeah yeah let's walk through it do you how do you feel how do we feel about giants we are currently i know that's a cross-country trip which is always a little interesting we're currently through our official unofficial bookie bovada is minus six and a half for the Packers at Giants next week. Hopefully Ingram, their, t- their tight end, is out because, Lord have mercy, we don't need him getting back in the fold. So you feel good about that? You feel good about that, Josh? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good on the Giants. I think it'll Home still at, be close. Well, Matt Redskins? Stop yeah, that, that's, a oh, win. that's a win. Okay. That's a win. Home versus Bears? I think garbage. we lose. I think they're we hot lose. garbage. <laughs> I, I think have we you lose. watched the Bears recently? Oh my goodness! Like we're have mad you watched our, us recently? We're mad that our Packers are eight and three, but the Bears are legitimate garbage. 
but the past four games, we have looked like garbage. We look not prepared. Um, we've escaped with two wins versus the Chiefs and Panthers, but we have not looked good the, yeah, in the past the, four games. And the Bears would not have escaped those two games with wins. So are you saying are you are you thinking eleven to five? Then we lose the Vikings and then finish off a win at Lions. Are you thinking eleven five? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Then it's still playoffs, and even if that happens, I'm over it. It's still playoffs. Win a game in the playoffs, and I'm still happy with this year. Yeah, totally, totally. If we win a playoff game this year, I I think that's above our expectations. You now know, remind I, me that we said that when we go and lose to the Bears or the Lions, yeah. whoever you're protecting, because <laughs> that will be house on fire moment. <laughs> It, it, that, we all we only get this mad every year because Aaron Rodgers is getting older yes, every year. Absolutely. And, and every year we come close. We're just like, ah, there's another year. We were just so close to actually doing something special. And yet we just fall short. The only thing that worries me is 11 and five. This this comes down to I think the Patriots got screwed over once. The Saints got screwed over once where 11 and five is almost like a guarantee nine out of every 10 seasons. The Los Angeles Rams, I know they got to face a lot of people down the stretch, are currently six and four, it is, and they're the seventh seed. It's not totally out of the realm of possibility that this gets a little tight if you are at five losses. I think obviously twelve and four is easy. Eleven and five is going to get very, very interesting. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. We're coming off a bad game. We've shown we can't go West Coast, so if we have to go West Coast in the playoffs, it's over. But enjoy this year for what it is. We have the easiest schedule in the NFC in the next five weeks. We should win four out of five. I don't think we go into Minnesota and win the way we're currently playing, specifically on the road. Um, But there's no way you go into New York and lose after what you just put out. You're going to be refocused. You have to travel. Big deal. They'll get over it. You got two home games to get right, and then you got a showdown versus the Vikings to try to show you have any remnants of a chance in the playoffs. We'll be fine. We're going to go 12 and 4. All right. Well, that will do it. We'll catch everybody later this week when we talk about those football giants of New York. Thanks, everybody. Go pack up. Go pack up.